What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. You know, they are just graduating from an undergraduate experience and they should be able to communicate with a wider audience. And so one of the things that I am engaged with right now um, is to help students tell their stories, research stories to a more general audience, a more public audience, and Mm -hmm. to get others excited about the potential of the work and why this work should be done. That is Joyce Fernandez, professor of biology and the director of undergraduate research at Miami University in Ohio. Hello, I'm your host, Venka Traman. Professor Fernandez's journey into research took flight while studying fruit fly as part of a PhD. It brought excitement and enthusiasm to her graduate work as she created new knowledge. But her first encounter with undergraduate research occurred when she joined the faculty at Miami University. Miami University has been supporting undergraduate research for well over three decades. Six years ago, Professor Fernandez became the director of undergraduate research at the university. Professor Fernandez joins us on our podcast to talk about undergraduate research at Miami University the role Kerr plays, the impact of research on undergraduate students, success stories, and finally, advice for high schoolers. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives, five highlights from the podcast. Research was important because it became a way of life, you know, yeah, um, yeah. During, during graduate school, during my postdoctoral experience and the and the thrill of planning an experiment, not knowing how it would turn out, mm-hmm. drawing conclusions, you know, waiting for the unknown to reveal itself. And overall, you know, there are elements like critical thinking, problem solving, um, being independent workers and thinkers, uh, contributing to innovation. Those are the sorts of benefits that undergraduate research uh, provides. And we have this program called FIRE, FIRE with a Y, F-Y-R-E, First Year Research Experience Program. And so we have been using that to engage students early on to get them trained in the process of research. Once they are done, you know, and, and you see this especially when students have been in your lab for a minimum of two years, um, yeah. you know, you can see what they have finished up with because um, they are now able to write a proposal. They're able to read and discuss a scientific paper. They're able to present their work, um, you know, in a public forum. Some of my students have accompanied me to conferences and we have presented at conferences. So Mm -hmm. I think number one, you know, disciplines at at, college, at the college level, those are generally something that students don't know much about. Right. And so I think they need to know more about that, um, is to know about what disciplines are available. 
These were the high fives brought to you by College Matters. Alma Matters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Professor Fernandez. So without further ado, here is Professor Joyce Fernandez. So maybe the best place to start is um, give us a little bit about your background, and then we can start getting into UG research. Okay. So my background is in the field of developmental biology. That's what I got my PhD in. And mm-hmm. in fact, before my PhD, I was actually a microbiologist. So mm-hmm. I had training in microbiology and chemistry. Those were my majors in in college. And then I did my master's in microbiology and then later on went on to do a PhD in the field of developmental biology. And mm-hmm. when I would go back and meet my um, teachers, you know, they would say, well, you left microbiology. What happened? And, you know, I had never considered it that way. Mm-hmm. I was just in the pursuit of um, experiences that kind of made sense to me. So um, it so happened that during my um, PhD, I was choosing labs in the process of choosing labs. And I had interviewed with um, a professor doing um, yeast microbiology. There was another one studying the malarial parasite and none Mm -hmm. of them actually appealed to me. And Mm -hmm. um, then I happened to switch into a lab that was doing um, fruit fly biology. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was on olfaction. And, you know, I was still not wowed by anything and then Mm -hmm. they told me there was this young professor who was going to join a little later Mm -hmm. and I kind of said okay I'll see what he has to offer Mm -hmm. and when he came and he described his work to me I was so captivated and I Mm -hmm. said I am going to get on that train wherever it is going (laughs) and that's how I ended up doing uh, fruit studying fruit flies and it was a developmental biology lab that looked at um, the development of um, muscles. And mm-hmm. I was the first one in the lab. I was his first graduate student. So I was studying um, the fruit fly indirect flight muscles. That was my foray into research at the PhD level in a field that was like really exciting to me because it looked like nothing had been explored before. So, mm-hmm. um, and as I said, my professor who um, who was new, um, yeah. you know, he just had this way about his description, way about him, full of enthusiasm and excitement. And I knew that was where I wanted to be. So, um, you know, never thought that I was leaving microbiology and entering right. into a different field. So that was my real start with research. Independent research is in the field of developmental biology. And then um, after I finished my mm-hmm graduate work, I went on to do a postdoctoral research experience um, in a lab that was a neurobiology lab, a developmental Mm -hmm. neurobiology lab. And so that became my area of interest that I have carried on until now is in developmental neurobiology and studying um, all things developmental neurobiology with respect to muscles, motor neurons, and glia. Glia, actually, that cell type entered my life now while I was an independent investigator, um, Mm -hmm. a principal investigator as a faculty member. So we just happened to stumble on it. And that's in itself an exciting story. So I was a microbiologist um, 
I was also trained in chemistry. So I did, I was a double major chemistry microbiology. I did my master's in microbiology and went on to do a PhD in developmental biology and then postdoc in the area of developmental neurobiology. And that's what I've continued to do now. Awesome. Sounds like a huge journey, but very rich journey there. Um, yes, it is. So you were starting to say research. So how did or why did research become important to you and more so undergraduate research? So um, undergraduate research became important after I came to Miami University. Mm-hmm. Um, research was important because it became a way of life, you know, yeah, um, yeah. During, during graduate school, during my postdoctoral experience and the and the thrill of planning an experiment, not knowing how it would turn out, mm-hmm. drawing conclusions, you know, waiting for the unknown to reveal itself and then mm-hmm. digging deeper. That's what I've really liked about um, research is mm-hmm. that it is uncharted territory and there's excitement along the way. It can be as exciting as you make it out to be. Um, yes, you know, the day-to-day work is, is you know, very, um, could be looked at as boring, treacherous, you know, yeah. drudgery. But I yeah. think you've got to look at the bigger picture to say, why did you get started? What were you hoping to find? How are you doing so far? What else can you do if something's not working? So in general, I think... Um, the uncharted territory bit has always appealed to me. And then when you are the one that finds something new, that's just pure joy. Why is it important for the students? I mean, uh, it's personally very rewarding to you, but why do you, what do you think it provides uh, students that uh, say undergraduate students? Mm-hmm. So undergraduate research, if you look at in the education world, it's considered Let me step back a little. HIP, which is a high (laughs) impact practice. Uh And what it means is that students that are able to encounter undergraduate research and experience that are actually being able to apply it to Mm -hmm. basic um, content that they learn, right? And so it's an application kind of a thing. It's hands-on, minds-on. It is, you know, gets away from the textbooks and you're actually generating new knowledge. You are mm-hmm. involved in generating new knowledge. I mean, you do that as a researcher and, you know, being in an academic environment, you extend that to mm-hmm. undergraduate students and include them in that process. And so when I came to Miami, I knew coming in that, you know, this was a place where undergraduate education is important and Mm -hmm. and that these undergraduate research experiences are something that you engage students with. And Mm -hmm. so it was just natural to step into that role. It was completely new to me when I joined Miami as a new faculty member, because I had previously only worked with as a postdoc with graduate students. So with undergraduates, it is undergraduate research is a co-curricular experience. Mm -hmm. So it is intended to happen along with 
you know, their coursework that they're taking. And so it gives them more of an opportunity to apply some of the concepts they're learning into the, un, into the research that they do. And so, um, as I was mentioning earlier, it's a high impact practice for that reason is that it solidifies what you have learned in the classroom through content courses. And then, you know, there are other benefits to it, like the mentoring, right? They are mm-hmm. able to get the one-on-one mentoring. They are able to engage with their near-peer mentors in the research group. They're able to engage with graduate students wherever that is possible. At Miami, we have a good doctoral program as well. Our biology department is one of Mm -hmm. the few departments across the institution that have doctoral programs. And so there is that interaction with the graduate students. That's another level of mentoring. So there are Mm -hmm. multiple levels of mentoring. Um, They are able to, as a result of um, you know, things like workshops and enrichment activities that are uh, available throughout the institution, um, be able to connect the undergraduate research to uh, either future careers, to internships, to um, examine graduate education as a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and overall, you know, there are elements like critical thinking, problem solving, um, being independent workers and thinkers, uh, contributing to innovation, those are the sorts of benefits that undergraduate research uh, provides. So what's, what's your role coordinating UG research uh, at Miami? So my office, which is the Office of Research for Undergraduates, was established about six years ago. And um, there has been a history of undergraduate research even before that. We've been doing engaging students in undergraduate research for almost 35 years or so. But this office was created just to have a, a central place of visibility and awareness mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. for students. And so what my office currently does is it coordinates um, uh, award programs so that, you know, mm-hmm. students write for proposals and get funded um, yeah. if their proposal meets those the guidelines, if it um, is scored well in a review process. So we do that. We hold the Undergraduate Research Forum. That's an annual event that happens on campus. Mm-hmm. We also administer workshops. We connect with various entities, stakeholders across the institution that have a bearing on undergraduate research and bring them into um, the picture as well and help and collaborate on mm-hmm. skills development, which is which are necessary for um, better engagement with uh, with the research process. Mm. Now, is this um, are you finding that this is across lots of disciplines, or is it more STEM oriented? How's the no the research are? at least at Miami we have um, the re, uh, students engaged in undergraduate research. Um, do so across the disciplines. We have, in mm-hmm. fact, students that may be in one discipline that may be doing research in another discipline. So we have cross-disciplinary um, engagement as well. So for example, a student that's a biology major with probably, let's say, a pre-med focus might actually be doing uh, or considering research with a faculty member who works in family studies and social work because you know there are um, faculty members there who are interested in, you know, disease conditions of health conditions on caregiving in the families. Um, mm-hmm. And so that is, a, that is something that our um, pre-med students are really interested in. So you could have a biology major working on a social work and family studies project. So there are various examples of those sorts of um, working across disciplinary boundaries 
um, at, mm-hmm. at my institution. So yes, there is a preponderance of students in STEM because historically, sure. you know, that is where it has been. It has been more visible, but um, you know, one of my roles at the institution is to make sure that there is um, visibility and awareness of research in all these other areas. What's research in business looks look like? What does research in um, the creative arts look like? You know, we may not call it research, but there is uh, problem solving and the creative process and engaging in the process of research that is going on. So how does CUR help you guys? I mean, what, what, what kind of role are they playing? What kind of help are they providing? So um, I think what happens with CUR, so we are institutional members. And so what that means is students and faculty at the institution are automatically members and they can avail of the resources that CUR provides. So they have access to the journals that CUR provides. They have access to, you know, these community blogs that are there. They have access to um, knowing when events are happening, um, you know, that are organized by CUR, those sorts of things. But I think a very important role that CUR plays is if, if you are engaged as a counselor, which I am, um, and I am also involved in, in, in some committees. So I'm involved in the advocacy committee. It gives mm-hmm. me an understanding of what other institutions are doing. Um, mm-hmm. And it helps me to bring that information to my institution to sort of enhance and strengthen. So I think mm-hmm. it's a two-way street. One is that we have access to resources that Kerr has. And mm-hmm. the other thing is that, you know, we can be also, um, you know, showcasing, helping Kerr by providing things like, you know, stories about what goes on at Miami and counselors, um, Kerr counselors help playing, being a Kerr counselor really helps to bring Kerr to your mm-hmm. institution. So I think there are different levels at which um, being associated with this organization is helpful. What are you finding um, at Miami in terms of when students join research? I mean, what, you know, if they start undergraduate research, are they starting off in the freshman year or are you finding that in the upper classes? So traditionally, it's always been in upper level classes. And that's usually because students get to um, interact more with professors who are teaching their classes. And the professors will usually mention, hey, you know, I'm doing undergraduate research. If anyone's interested, you might want to check out our lab and things of that nature. I know in my 200 level class, sophomore level class, I'm always talking to students about the work that I do because mm-hmm. it's directly connected to my cell biology topic that I mm-hmm. teach. And so, um, you know, that's how I think a majority of students hear about research and research opportunities. Um, and then by the time they kind of pull up their socks and are ready to do approach a professor and get started with the work, they usually in, you know, later in their sophomore year, or earlier in their junior year. So I would say a majority of students are juniors and seniors when they're doing research. And one of the things we have tried to do at Miami is to encourage that to happen earlier. And Mm -hmm. we have this program called FIRE, FIRE with a Y, F-Y-R-E, First Year Research Experience Program. And so we have been using that to engage students early on 
to get them trained in the process of research, um, you know, developing those skills, library skills, writing skills, um, searching for opportunities. How would you do that? Um, what are um, centers of research that we have, re centers of research excellence that we have on campus? Why are mm -hmm. those important? You can get to know a bunch of faculty members there and explore collectively what work they do, um, those sorts of things. So we get them started. Um, in their first year and with the hope that they will continue in their sophomore year to choose um, research labs that best suit their interests. Now, another way that research also happens is mm -hmm. in uh, research-based courses. Um, yep. And in fact, we, you know, when we were looking at data from our institution to see how many students do one-on-one -on -one mentoring, it seemed too low. You know, why do we not have any more students, um, you know, doing independent research? Well, that's those are just one-on-one -on -one mentored projects. But then faculty right. members also incorporate research into their courses. And if you start looking at that, then you might see that there are more students engaged in research in the process of research, right? So identifying a problem, um, being able to um, figure out how to best approach it, proposing a solution. They may not necessarily do the work, but then others might you know, be able to actually conduct an entire project during the course of a semester. And so these are your cures, classroom-based undergraduate research experiences that allow students that undergraduate research experience. So there is a wide variety of ways in which students can access undergraduate research opportunities. So, so what, what fraction of the students you mentioned the one-on-one -on -one was low, but um, if you count for the class-based research uh, or course-based research, uh, how many students, uh, what percentage of students do undergraduate research? So it's it's difficult it's difficult to say because you know you have to kind of choose the parameters. What counts as undergraduate research? Um, so we what we did recently is we did a we did a search using yeah. the term, the appearance of research in the title as well as in the description. Then we had, you know, a better sense for, yeah. you know, whether or not this was at least in part covering a part of the research process. And I would say that definitely, um, you know, at least a quarter of students are doing it. Um, I might actually need to get back with you on that and see if the number is any higher, but at least 25% are doing that and more, I would say. What, what I thought would be interesting is that if you have any anecdotes or stories that you might uh, have, you know, which, uh, in success of undergrad, and I, and I don't mean sort of the, for the world's greatest researcher or anything, but, you know, impact to the students and also maybe impact to the discipline. So, uh, yeah, so when you say, you know, success stories, I mean, I'd like to think that when a student has had a meaningful undergraduate research experience, you know, they, and they're able to utilize it to further themselves, um, I think that is a success for them. Um, in terms of things that stand out, I mean, what I might, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about some stu the students that have come through working with my lab or working with projects with me in mm -hmm. classes that I have taught. And um, one particular student comes to mind who actually was able to, as a result of his undergraduate research experiences, he was so motivated by it that he actually was 
able to find a year-long post-bac position at the National Institutes of Health. Mm-hmm. And so that was super because this kid was completely funded for an entire year by mm-hmm. that um, by that lab. So that, and he was just over the moon with that. And then he mm-hmm. went on to, um, he went on to use that experience again to get um, into medical school and his applications were really competitive. So mm-hmm. that is, you know, one story that stands out for me. Um, mm-hmm. And then I have other students who have, for example, done undergraduate research in my lab. So, you know, studying fruit fly muscles and neurons, right. studying neuromuscular junction. And this one student came back, um, you know, after her med school interview and said to me, Dr. F., you know, they asked me all about my project. They asked me about what the dorsoventral axis was and <laughs> how I sectioned the fruit fly thoraces and I was able to tell them. And so, you know, this is students finding meaning um, right. after they leave your lab and, and look at that experience from a different angle. So, you know, this is a success story that happened after she had yeah. left and she came back to tell me about it. So, um, you know, as I said, every story, every experience that a student has, if they're able to use it to further their careers, that's a success for them. But um, yes, these two sort of stand out to me just because of the sheer excitement that these students had that, you know, in an arena outside of Dr. Fernandez's lab, this was meaningful to them. So. No, those are great. Those are great. I mean, they're high impact. What did you call it? HIP. Um, (laughs) I love it. I love the acronym. The other angle that I really like to sort of understand is how are you, you know, what difference is it making for these kids or students who come and go through undergraduate research? I mean, you know, if there was a before and after kind of thing with their skills or with their characteristics, abilities, what do you, what do you, think changes a lot or changes or makes a difference? I think independence and confidence. I think that is what they get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you, you see them coming in as very, um, you know, they're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, right? Um, they're <laughs> yeah. excited. They, or they might not know what they're getting into, a little apprehensive. But once they are done, you know, and, and you see this especially when students have been in your lab for a minimum of two years, um, yeah. you know, you can see what they have finished up with because um, they are now able to write a proposal. They're able to read and discuss a scientific paper. They're able to present their work, um, you know, in a public forum. Some of my students have accompanied me to conferences and we have presented at conferences. So that is what you see, the change that you see. I mean, I seldom know what happens to them after they have left unless they get in touch with me and tell me like those stories I was telling you about, but right. but I think the before and after that we see, um, you know, research mentors see is, you know, the point, the pre when the students come in and the post when they're getting ready to leave the lab. So I would say confidence and independence is what mm. I see the most. Mm. Got it. So you've been, uh, you know, you you started this office and. Um, you've been doing it for a bunch of years now. You said six years. Um, and I have been doing it for five years. The office, actually, I didn't start the office. The office was established. I'm the second director of the office. Um, there was a need felt by our 
a committee, our Senate Committee for Undergraduate Research, you know, who proposed that we, that this happened, that is, we've had such a strong history of undergraduate research, so why not have an office dedicated to it, um, which is, as I said, present and visible to students, because otherwise it was one person holed up in, you know, an administrative building that was doing all the administration. So I think we have become more visible now. And that is part of our charge is to raise awareness and make it visible, not only on campus, but beyond campus. No, I think, I think that's, uh, that's spot on. Then what, what, are you, what are you looking to do with it? What's next, I guess, is the question. So what's next? Okay. Um, I think you can always do better. Sure. And one of the things that I'm working on now, one of my favorite projects is to empower students to tell their research story. Mm-hmm. We, as research mentors, fall into this um, place where we become, not become, we are nerds in our own discipline and we tend to talk nerd with our students and you know they are just graduating from an undergraduate experience and they should be able to communicate with a wider audience and so one of the things that I am engaged with right now um, is to help students tell their stories research stories to a more general audience a more public audience Mm -hmm. and to get others excited about the potential of the work and why this work should be done. So I've been working with our university communications. I've been working with our alumni engagement offices, our admissions offices, our career services. And we've been kind of um, brainstorming about how we can use our offices to provide students with the skills to tell their research stories to the common person. Which sort of is a nice seg to um, what, what do these high schoolers need to do research? I mean, what a freshman stepping on campus, what should they have so that they can participate in research, undergraduate research? So I think they should have an open mind mm-hmm. to explore what undergraduate research means and how it might be beneficial. Mm-hmm. I think number one, you know, disciplines at at college at the college level, those are generally something that students don't know much about. Right. And so I think they need to know more about that, um, is to know about what disciplines are available. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that they should learn about is what are the different disciplines, what is possible. And um, the fact that, you know, kinesiology is a thing, gerontology is a thing. So learning about these disciplines and being open to the experiences that they might be, they might, mm-hmm. they can be engaged in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you don't think that um, in high school, they don't need to do anything new. Should they have done research or is that no, okay? I don't think. Okay? No, I don't think they should have done research because, again, it's something undergraduate research is something that they will experience on campus, which will be a different skill set. And so I think they um, they don't need to prepare themselves in any way. Just having an open mind to exploring college, that's the mindset that's needed. Guys, uh, we're going to start winding down. I thought before we do that, if you have any 
closing thoughts on research for you know anything that you want to tell college freshmen or fellow mentors or fellow researchers anything that you want to share so to college freshmen again i would reiterate the point that um it's a time for exploration so go find out about what's going on on campus don't be afraid that you don't know about it because yes you want to learn to my peers i would say we need to attract students um not by giving them the details but by talking to them about the significance of what we do and speaking to them at their level and engaging them where they are at and to bring them along to where they hope they can get to mm-hmm. cool so joyce thank you so much for uh, taking the time and talking about undergraduate research i see a lot of passion in your voice both for research and as well as for developmental biology or and some variations of those um but i'm sure i would like to talk to you more in the future but for right now take care be safe and thank you so much thank you for having me this was a pleasure to do with you thank you joyce bye 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 hi again Hope you enjoyed our podcast with Professor Joyce Fernandez of Miami University Ohio about undergraduate research. Specifically, Professor Fernandez covered how research impacted her, the role of undergraduate research, undergraduate research resources available to faculty and students, student success stories, and finally, advice to high schoolers. I hope you pursue research during your undergraduate years and explore Miami University for your undergraduate studies. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast@almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io/podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash alma matters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you. College matters. Alma, alma matters. matters.